The parsha starts off this week. Ele pekude hamishkan, mishkan heedus. This is the accounting for the mishkan, the mishkan heedus. Rashi notices mishkan, mishkan two times. Rashi says, mikan remez shtei bate mikdash shemismashkin. We're hinting here, the two times it says Mishkan Mishkan is a reference to the two Bate Mikdash that will be taken. Mishkan Loshen Mashkain. That here, at the high moment of completion of the, of the Mishkan, we're saying one day both Besam Mikdashes will be destroyed. So a couple of kashas. A couple of kashas. First of all, is it appropriate at the time of the completion of the Mishkan? This is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, This is when the Shekhinah is going to relive with Klal Yisrael. It's going to come back to Klal Yisrael. We're going to have the Shekhinah dwelling amongst us. It's mamish from the highest moments in Klal Yisrael's history. It's a reenactment of Maimon Harsinai on a daily basis. It's a continuation of a Kaddish Baruch Hu giving to us. And we have to bring up the two lowest moments in Jewish history. The destruction of both Bate Migdash. Why now? And, and it's Mamash. The two Bate Mishkan, two Bate Migdash referred to by the name Mishkan. Why here? Why now? Another kasha that you could ask, and the Shla asks this kasha, this whole Parshas Pikude is a very, very odd thing. And I'm not just talking about the fact that we said everything in Parshas Truma and Tetzava and Kisisa, and then again in Vayakal, and then after we went through everything in Vayakal, it talks about everything again in Pikude. Asks the Shla, this is very unlike the way we know we're supposed to act. We know as Yidin, we prize privacy and discretion and being discreet and tznius. Tznius doesn't just mean in dress and calling attentions to oneself. Tznius means the more items are done, shtilahet, behalten, quietly, idly, with the ni'imus, as badekt as possible, the more bracha is shari. You're not supposed to count your money. If you count your money, it makes it harder for bracha to be shayla. We, as much as possible, try to be discreet and private and silent and hide and cover and, and obfuscate our details of our money, our accounting, our personal life, what we've given. And that is, that is a source of pride. And yet we have a whole parish in the Torah called publicizing the money. This is how much this gave, this is how much this gave, this is how much this gave, this is how much this gave. And, and we act in a way that we're so unfamiliar with. The whole parish's pekude is anathema to how we're, to how we're supposed to act. And, and yet, this is an entire parish in the Torah. That's the Shlaz Kasha. That's the Shlaz Kasha. 
The Shla says an amazing thing. Shla says something incredible. We know that Tishabov is a Yontif. Tishabov is a happy day. One day it's going to be even happier, but Tishabov is happy. We've discussed this in the past that the low, the nadir of our of our Avelus happens before Tishabov. On Tishabov Alain, we get up off the floor. On Tishabov afternoon, we put back on Tfilin and Talas. Tishabov is a Yontif of sorts. Why is Tishabov a Yontif of sorts? Because Tishabov is a Baruch's ability to take out his anger on something other than us. That a Baruch Hu has, so to speak, an expansion valve. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, has <laughs> a pressure relieving valve that rather than destroy the Yidden because of the Merida they've done, rather than take out what needs to be taken out on us as a people, he was able to take out what needed to be taken out on a building. He was Lokach Chamasai Al Eitzim Valavonim. The Beis Hamikdash provided very expensive, very precious, very, very, very precious. And we're not talking about a Kadosh Baruch Hu taking out his anger on something insignificant. It was extremely significant. He took out his anger on the Beis Hamikdash, but it's much, much better to take his anger out on the Beis Hamikdash versus on us. And the Beis Hamikdash allowed, the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash allowed for a kiyum of the Yiddish people. Tishabov is the day that we realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to be finished as a people even when it's that close. That's really the Yantav of Tuba of this ability to take out HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger is something that wasn't possible by the Mishkan. The Mishkan was a permanent edifice. The Mishkan, since it was built by Moshe Rabbeinu, was never ever going to be destroyed. Atzei, Shittim, Oimdim. The Mishkan is around forever. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the Mishkan and transferred it to the Beis Hamikdash. The Beis Hamikdash is something that was able to be destroyed. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did us a favor. It is such a deep shla. It's so counterintuitive. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did us a favor. The Shnei Bate Mikdashes Shenismashkein. They became a mashkin. They became expendable. HaKadosh Baruch Hu exchanged a mishkan which is indestructible for a Beis HaMikdash which is destructible. If you would look at that in a vacuum, you would say that is terrible. That is a raw deal. HaKadosh Baruch Hu yanked the Mishkan, which is indestructible, and replaced it with something destructible? If I had an item with a lifetime warranty, and you took it away, and you replaced it with something that had a 10-year limited warranty, I would be very upset at you. You jipped me. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did something that on the surface seemed unfair and not honest. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took two Bate Mikdash 
Elip Kudi Hamishkan Hamishkan Eidos. The two Mishkans, the Mashkin we're referring to here, is the exchange that Akash Baruch Hu did and traded in an indestructible Mishkan for a dispensable Beis Hamikdash. Incredible. Something that on the surface seems disastrous, unfair, scandalous, was actually the biggest favor ever. And that's the Pshat and the Pasik. Yes, at the time of the Mishkan, at the time, the Zenith, when we got the Mishkan, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu Sherish Chinasai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu seeded the seeds of destruction with the Ayin Hara that he made. This week's Parsha was the seeds of destruction. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into the plans Ayin Hara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu went through the numbers and exposed this plan to Ayin Hara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu publicized everything. It's the most complex sounding subversive plan ever. HaKadosh Baruch Hu built the Mishkan that was indestructible. But he stuck in the plans a massive Ayin Hara. This Ayin Hara is called Parshas Pekudeh. Doing something we're not supposed to do. Publicize numbers, publicize amounts, publicize giving, publicize, publicize, publicize. Yeah, that's bad. It's an Ayin Hara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took an indestructible Mishkan, seeded it with an Ayin Hara, yanked the Mishkan, built the base Hamikdash, and boom, the, the poison pill, the Ayin Hara that was swallowed, hundreds of years earlier, exploded and knocked down the Beis HaMikdash in the biggest favor ever. Do you hear the complexity of the plan? Eile Pekude HaMishkan, Mishkan Eidus, the two Bate Mikdash, were set up for destruction when the Mishkan was built with an Ayin Hara. Incredible. And that's the Pshad in this Basak. I just want to point out, it's fascinating that a Karsh Baruch who used the vehicle of Ayin Hara as the vehicle of destroying, how did, how did a Karsh Baruch Hu make vulnerable the underpinnings of the Beis HaMikdash? By building with Ayin Hara. Isn't it interesting that the underpinnings of destruction were with Ayin Hara? I think there's a very, very clear <coughs> message here. What the Shlom is showing us is that not always does what a Karish Baruch Hu do seem obvious until many years later. Karish Baruch Hu, like we said, did a very, very nasty thing. He built an indestructible Mishkan and exchanged it for a destructible Beis HaMikdash. Nasty. Cheap. Jip. But that's how we were saved as a people. It's not always as it seems to the eye. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does something. The proverbial guy who missed his flight on 9-11. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does something that looks terrible. I can't believe I missed the flight. I can't believe I'm going to miss the deal. Geferla. Yeah, that's what saved your life. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does something that seems really nasty at the time. Yanked the Mishkan and gave us a Beis Hamikdash. It turned out that that was our Savior. What is Ayin Hara? 
Ayin Hara is looking at something with one eye and not with a generous eye. Ayin Hara is when I look at a, a person or a matziv or a thing with a certain angle and not a charitable angle. I look at a situation with one eye and not with a big eye. That's Ayin Hara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu showing us just like when I did something which at first looked bad, but now you see it with a big eye, you see it with an ability to see the perspective of time, it was a good thing. When you look at others, don't look at them with your narrow, slanty, squinty, unforgiving eye. Look at them with a big eye. Ayinhara, the vehicle of looking at someone not properly, is what causes all the problems. Look at Akash Baruch Don't judge him with the initial nasty eye. Judge him with the big eye. And that's the lesson of Eilip Kudya Mishka Mishka Nevis. Shabbos.